If you're a stepmom, chances are it's been challenging. You've experienced emotions that you didn't see coming. You've felt like you have no control over your life, like you're good enough until you're not. Maybe you're not on the same page as your partner when it comes to kids and the ex. Maybe you're triggered by the ex. Maybe you feel helpless because you want to protect your partner, but you're learning that you can't fix what you didn't break. Stepmoms often struggle to find their place. They find themselves in this place of competition and comparison and resentment and feeling overwhelmed. I'm not trying to be negative. I hear this from stepmoms every single day. I've also felt this way myself. Until one day I made the decision that this was not going to be my life. Chances are you don't want to feel this way either, but you don't know where to start. That's where I come in. I created a guide for stepmoms who are craving change. It's an audit on your stepfamily life with 16 questions that I think that every single stepmom should ask themselves. If you answer the questions honestly and give this audit the time and attention it deserves, it will kickstart change that you're looking for. You can download it via www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash stepmom audit. When you do, I'll send you the links for some other free guides too. I've got the secret to improving your stepfamily life and how to co-parent with a high conflict ex. Again, Get your copy at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash stepmom audit. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you guys? Like seriously, how are you? When is the last time you stopped and asked yourself that question? How are you doing? I'm going to be straight with you. Lately, I've felt kind of ugh and overwhelmed. I'm not doing as well as I like to be doing, but that's okay. By the time that this comes out, hopefully I'm not feeling like this anymore. But at the time I'm recording this intro, I'm feeling super leaky and like my energy is all over the place. It's like I'm scrambling and unorganized and I have too much on my plate, which we've all been there, right? It's just what happens when you're a mom or a stepmom or just actually anyone. It happens to people all the time. And I'm not feeling this way in a terrible way. I just am feeling the need for a regroup and to declutter. I need to do a bit of an overhaul of my life and my priorities and just all the things, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, what I've been doing lately just to kind of get myself back on track is I've been taking some space from social media. I have been giving myself permission to read more and just focus on having a healthy lifestyle and my nutrition and taking care of my body and reevaluating my to-do list. And when something's on my to-do list right now, I'm asking myself, do I really need to do this right now? Does it have to be me? Can I delegate it? Can I just scratch that shit right off? Yeah. So it feels good. It's working. Um, and I don't know if this is something that I'm actually supposed to say out loud or not, but I'm going to say it anyway. I have been feeling like something big is coming or like there's this transition coming up. I don't know. I just have a feeling that there's about to be a big shift and I'm not quite sure what it is, but right now I'm in this headspace where I'm trying to get everything together and organized so that I'm prepared for whatever it is. Just operation, get your shit together, Jamie, which, you know what, I'm going to share more about the operation and what I'm doing right now just to get realigned in an upcoming episode. But actually this episode is super fitting for where my head is at right now because It's all about meal planning and managing life as a busy mom and creating systems in the kitchen, among other things. And it just really, really fits with that whole getting organized, 
getting it together, regrouping mentality. So today's guest is Tori Wesser of Fresh Nutrition. Yeah, I know. I'm so pumped to have her on the show. Chances are, you know who she is. Chances are Tori does not need an introduction, but I'm going to do one anyway, because we need to shout out this awesome mama for everything that she is doing for her online community. She truly is amazing. So Tori is a proud mom of two boys. She is the best-selling author of the cookbook, Fresh Food, Full Hearts, that she co-authored with her cousin, Jillian Harris. She's a nutritionist and the creator of a personal brand, Fresh Nutrition. She has such a beautiful site, guys. Now, my favorite episodes are the ones where I feel like I'm just sitting down and talking with a girlfriend, and this one felt like that for me. Tori is just so kind and so sweet and so real, and I'm just really, really excited for you to listen to this. Now, be sure to listen to the end because we are actually announcing a giveaway, a game-changing resource created by Tori that is going to help you with your own meal planning, nutrition, and kitchen organization. It is so amazing. Can't wait to share all of this with you. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm Jamie Scrimger, wife, mom, stepmom, life coach, conversation opener, and BS caller. Seven years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor with a glass of wine, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But as a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I was in over my head. When I went to the internet for support, I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support that I was looking for. Raw and real conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But each week, I'll bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to help you thrive amongst the tough stuff in life. My goal is to inspire you to live your version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. You know what? For those who aren't familiar with you, um, which I don't think there's very many people on Instagram right now who aren't familiar with you, um, can you uh, introduce yourself? Yeah. So well, my name is Tori. I am uh, a dietitian by trade, but I am the face befi- behind the brand Fresh. So Fresh Living and now Fresh Table. I'm a cookbook co-author. I'm a mama of two boys. I live in Kelowna. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just live in life here. Yeah. in the most beautiful home, like I love your feet. It is so gorgeous. I, every time I have never been to Kelowna, uh, and I feel like some people think that Canada is just this small area. They're like, Oh, Canada is so beautiful. I'm like, yeah, but Canada is a big country. Yeah. You know, we <laughs> haven't been out to travel there. Um, but you no, know, I always look at your pictures and pictures from people at West. I follow a bunch of people at West. It is just freaking gorgeous out there. So I'm definitely jealous of you guys, um, in your landscape, I guess. So for, um, you, you started off as a dietitian and now you started this blog. How did you get started with all the things that you have going on? Like, you know, I'm sure you didn't go to school being like, I'm going to be a blogger. Yeah. In fact, when I started out, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't even go to school originally to be a dietitian. I thought maybe I'd go into medicine, but I went to UVic. I knew I wanted to go to school. I was a bit of a nerd. So went to UVic, studied, you know, undergraduate, some mostly science-based, a little bit of arts, and then realized I had no idea exactly what I wanted to do. Jetted off all on my own to Europe. I mm-hmm. thought I'd go for a year. 
And before I left, I thought, you know what? Nutrition really interests me. I took a couple of courses. I really liked it. So I applied before I left to UBC for the program. And then I, I called my mom one day, of course, the land, the time before cell phones, you know, found a pay phone, called my mom and lo and behold, I got accepted to UBC. So I went in to be a dietitian, but you know, I never really fit the mold of what a, like a traditional dietitian role would be. And I, so I interned under a dietitian, Patricia Chewy, who is like very entrepreneurial. And for me, it was the closest thing that I could get to like, actually like, I'm like, oh, this, this exists. So it was like married business and nutrition. I loved it. And right um, off the hop after graduating, I got a sales job actually. So I worked for 16 years in sales for a nutrition company. And okay. it was wonderful. It was like on paper, it was like, honestly, such a great job. I would have looked crazy to leave it, but there was always just something inside me that was just wanting something different, wanting something more, not feeling like that was what my calling was. So in between then and what I'm doing now, Jillian, my cousin and I started up a business. So we started up off the side of my desk a business called Charlie Ford Vintage named after my firstborn son. And it was an antique company, like a selling antiques online. Uh, it was amazing and beautiful and a whirlwind. And it basically like went from zero to like, you know, 100 and then back down. Like we, it, we, we folded it within a year. So we kind of dusted ourselves back off after that failure. Um, I'm so proud of it now. I feel like it's made me much more successful in my business now. And I, so then I was back to my day job and still feeling the same way, you know, still feeling like I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And at that point I was thinking about, okay, well, what am I really good at? Okay. Clearly not selling antiques. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I thought, what am I good at? Well, I know nutrition, and I love cooking and I love food and I love simplifying food. So I thought, well, you know, there's food bloggers out there. And how, how, how difficult could it be? You know, if, if they're doing it, I can do it too. So I fumbled my way through a very ugly WordPress template and mm -hmm. threw on the world's most unattractive lettuce wraps you will ever lay eyes on. And <laughs> there we go. That was the start of my blog. I was like, you know, embracing that imperfect action is better than perfect inaction. So that's kind of how I got started. Mm -hmm. I love that. And you know what I just was thinking about? So my stepchildren, they're going to, they're trying to figure out what they want to do. Right. So my stepdaughter just got accepted to university and my stepson's kind of like figuring it out. And I was saying to them, I'm like, there's really no pressure here. You know, there's this whole thing that you need to decide what you want to do with your life when you're in grade 11 and when you're in grade 12 or, or whatever. And I said, I didn't know that I was going to be, you know, running a platform based on step parenting and, and having a podcast. Like that was never what I thought I was going to do. Like you, that's what it's so cool. Like you can go try things out and you can go fail and screw up and learn so much from all of that hardship that it creates who you are and who you ultimately end up being like, don't worry. Like you probably have no idea what you're going to do. And you can figure that out later. Like just, oh, yeah. I love hearing other people say like, I did this and then I did this. And then now I feel right at home. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I love that. And that's really wise of you to give that advice to them. Cause it is true. It's there's so much pressure to think of like, how can you possibly, there's so much growing you have left to do when you're in grade 11 and 12, mm -hmm. my gosh, like how can you, 
how can you possibly figure out your life trajectory at that age? So I'd say yeah. like, there's, there's such a beauty and curiosity. And just, I think that that's one thing I just want to foster in my kids is just like, just go be curious. You're going to fail. Mm-hmm. You're going to fail. I failed. You're going to, so, so get, expect, expect that. And that's okay. Um, it's and it what sucks. you do with failure. It sucks. Oh yeah. I like almost had a like sucks. You feel like such a loser. Like you literally feel like such a loser. I remember actually I moved out to um, Vancouver for four days once. (laughs) I had this big going away party. I was going to go find myself out in Vancouver. I had no job and I was going to stay with a friend. And when I got there, then the friend was like, oh, I'm having like a guy over this weekend. Can you go stay somewhere else? Well, I have no car. I have no job. I have no way of getting... (laughs) So no, so I, I, I hopped back on a plane and went home Wow! and went wow. home and I felt like such a loser in my dad's basement for the longest time. Cause I'd given up my apartment and given up my, all the things I thought was going for me, but it's like, I'm so glad that happened because it put me on the path that I'm at now. So, you know, that's what we should tell our kids. You will feel like a loser sitting in a basement at some point in time in yeah. your life. No, totally, totally. But the resiliency is the key. Hey, like it's just, you know, and, and, and it's okay to embrace the suck. Like there's going to be times where it's like, that just sucks. And it's going to feel like, and that's, that's normal. Everyone feels that way. We don't talk a lot about it in our society. We don't talk a lot about failure. You don't see a lot of failure on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's you, you, yeah. you're seeing a lot of highlights of everything. And, um, I just, I, I, I personally now wear my failure like a badge and Charlie's a lot like me. He's really hard on himself. And so I'm constantly aware of like making sure that he knows that like take the pressure off. Perfection doesn't exist. Like just, just, mm-hmm. just go, go have fun. Yeah. You're, you are, you are going to fail, but that's life. Yeah. And I love what we were talking about, talking about like your first lettuce wraps, because I think sometimes people don't think about how many takes go into photos on Instagram and how many, like when you have a beautiful curated feed or you're creating a cookbook or you're a food blogger, like you're not just like whipping it up and like snapping a picture really quick. Like there's some thought that goes in behind it. And that's why I also like you show the behind the scenes of setting everything up and like just the work that goes into creating this content. Like that's not actually what it looks like. Yeah, I know it's true. And uh, I'd say like those lettuce wraps were like, an example of not a lot of thought put into it. And, and like, if you want to see what, uh, what a food block, I, I think I've taken them down. We redid them now, but I left them up for the longest time as a reminder of where I started and then where, where I've come. But yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, and, and you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't feel like I need to bog people down with like the, like, I think it's good to see the behind the scenes, like it, cause it does give an appreciation of the work that goes into it. And any blogger that's, that's putting love and their heart and soul into what they're doing. I mean, yourself included, like there is like the amount of behind the scenes work that it takes to put a blog up to, to get a podcast together. You know, like these things are, Mm -hmm. they're, they're labors of love and they do take a lot of energy. So I do like to show the behind the scenes just to give people, you know, a snippet of like, you know, like it, yeah, there's, there's some effort put into it and we do it for them. You know, we do it for, so that we can hopefully curate the most beautiful, inspiring, mm-hmm. um, easy experience for people so that they're like, Oh, like I just look at the pictures and I follow A, B and C and like, that's how you do it. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll dive into more about your uh, food plan or your meal planning ebook later, but I downloaded it and I made the chicken, like the stuffed chicken, the yeah, the yeah. stuffed chicken. Oh my gosh. 
so freaking good. Even even my husband's like, where do you get this recipe from? I was like, it does not look the way that her picture (laughs) looks, but it tastes good too. Like that doesn't matter. It tastes good. It doesn't look like hers, but it tastes like hers, I'm sure. So thank you for all of those simple recipes. And that's what I really love about your platform because you're not, it's not complicated. And I feel like sometimes when I go to, you know, I buy a cookbook or I get recipes or something, it's like, it's complicated. And yeah. there's all of these extra ingredients and you're just like, I don't even know what the hell that is, right? Let alone have it in my cupboard. But, you know, you really talk about setting the foundation for, you know, planning your week or, you know, planning your meals for the week. Can you talk about your tips and strategies for that? Because they really are game changing. And I think that a lot of moms and stepmoms are really struggling in terms of like just getting those systems in place so that you can not feel overwhelmed or bogged down by mealtime. Yeah, it's honestly the, that what you just said is why we created the meal plan. Mm-hmm. Because, and it's why we're investing almost all of our energy into it right now, into creating something more sustainable. So, um, so first of all, thank you for downloading that. That, that means a lot to me. Well, thank you for and, the check-in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge. Like the whole what's for dinner question. And I've been there. I'm not saying I'm, I'm immune to that. Like when you're like, it's five 30 or six o'clock and it, this has happened to, I, I'm sure almost everyone, unless you have like ninja, like, you know, organization skills, but yeah, well, you know, if six o'clock rolls around, what's for dinner, you're like, damn it. I have like, I, I have like this and this, but not enough to make this and this. And you're like, and all of a sudden you're in tears calling pizza hut. Cause you're feeling so frustrated. And so mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that is why we created the meal plan, which we'll get to, but I think planning is the key and it's kind of so boring, but like, it's, it's the true story. Like if you, Mm -hmm. if you are trying to go on the fly and you're going to buy, you know, you just go to do your grocery shop without like an actual strategy, you are going to pick up a whole bunch of stuff you probably don't need. You're probably going to end up throwing out a lot of that kind of stuff. And you're Mm -hmm. not going to probably have enough stuff or the right stuff for a cohesive meal. So that's one thing. Like we have, I have like a little, um, just a, like a, it's a dry erase menu planner that I work with. Um, and, and it just plans it out. So it's very obvious to me. I sit down, it's beautiful. So I like using beautiful things. And so it's just very simple. It's, and, and I just write down the meals and then I have, uh, an app that I have my grocery list on and it's create the grocery list. And then I go with a plan to do my grocery shopping and hopefully once a week, not so that you're not going, you know, every day mm-hmm. to go pick up that last ingredient that you would have forgotten. So I think the, yeah, the planning aspect is really key. And then just figuring out, you know, meals that can be versatile. So for instance, like maybe you have tacos one day, but that can be transformed into a taco salad for lunch, you know, mm-hmm. or breakfast burritos. So thinking about those meals that you can rejig to save your life and transform into other meals. I like leftovers, but I mean, not everyone does. And, um, but there's a plan for the leftovers. That's what I thought was really yeah. good about the meal plan in that, you know, I was going through and I was going through the week. I was like, Oh, okay. So then that's for lunch tomorrow. I said, well, that is just, it seems so obvious when you read it, like you have, you plan your leftovers and like plan your next day based on like what's in your fridge. Like, yeah, but we don't think like that. Right. So typically the leftovers just go into the garbage a couple of days later when no one actually eats them. And then it's just yeah. an annoying thing in your fridge. But when you have a plan, it's, it's just so much, it's just so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. And all the recipes, whether it's for the blog or whether it's for the meal plan, the, what, what I, I guess I asked the team this, I'm like, 
I'm so I'm the only one with children, except for my sister-in-law works with me. But I'm like, imagine you are a mom with a two-year-old or a one-year-old strapped to your side, and you were making this recipe. Are you going to be able to do it? You know what I mean? Like, and if mm-hmm. it doesn't pass that test of me imagining I'm back at that stage, I mean, really, Max is still he's four years old. He's still needy, mm-hmm. and and being able to pull a dinner off without too many brain cells, without you know, like too many great crazy ingredients that you can't pronounce, like. And then it doesn't, it doesn't make the cut or you like, I'm like this step, this three steps are unnecessary. Like that can be condensed into one step. Like let's make it easy. Let's make it healthy. Let's simplify it. Let's, so it's always down to the lowest common denominator. And that's kind of like the, the, that's the goal for all of our recipes and everything that we do. So it's hopefully achievable and attainable because I think when you take the stress out of eating, it's actually really enjoyable but the stress comes with like actually planning and getting the food on the table. It's like, it's a, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. And you also have the pantry list, which I thought was really good. So this is what you need to stock your pantry. <laughs> like to me, like I didn't grow up. My my dad kind of took care of the cooking. Like I didn't. We just kind of like ate meat and potatoes and whatever he would barbecue that night. Like we we didn't have. There was no stocked pantry really. Uh, so I didn't grow up with that type of upbringing. So I would never yeah. really know, right? Like just different ingredients and stuff. But you're like, this is what you need for the pantry. This is how you set it up. Like. That whole piece is just, I, I I think it's definitely saving a lot of people a lot of time because when you have the right things in your cupboard, and then what I want to talk to you about next is that when you have the right tools, yeah, it makes cooking so much easier. And I never, like, I'm just like not a cooking person. So I never realized that before, but you said on your website, you says, I promise you will love cooking even more when you invest in the right tools and kitchen items. Yeah. So why does that matter so much? Well, it's funny because it sounds like a sales pitch and it really isn't. It's, um, I have no vested interest in it, but I will say, okay, so if you've ever tried cooking with like a really crappy knife, um, you'll, Mm -hmm. you'll kind of get what I'm saying. Like, and I've, I've cooked with a lot of crappy knives in my time. It's like, Mm -hmm. there's something about getting a few right tools. You don't have to have all the gadgets. I think I'm not a big gadget person. I like having just like the right tool for the right job. Um, but the right tools really will elevate your cooking experience. It will make it easier, which is the whole point of it. It will make it safer with something like the, the, the sharp knife versus a dull knife. And beyond that, like the utilitarian part of it, I do think that, I mean, I don't know, I get such joy out of beautiful things like, and, and not in a superficial way, but I just like, I really do love like I, I, beautiful things. And so I feel like there's such a sense of pride when you bake an apple crisp and it's in this like gorgeous, doesn't have to be expensive. You can find them at home sounds. You can be like, but whatever makes your heart sing this gorgeous baking dish that you put on the table and it's served with love. And I just think, I think that that brings joy back to that table experience, which I think we're missing a lot of. I think people are stressed. We're working too much. It's just, it's a part of our society and we're not carving the time out for eating as a family and, and having that conversation. And so I think that anything that can help, you know, spark that joy in you and, and create that kind of ambiance as, as a good thing. Yeah. I love it. And you're, you know, the, the vibe of your space and the vibe of your table and just the cooking experience, it really does affect the whole vibe of your home. 
right? And like what that meal time feels like. So I totally, totally agree. Now, my sister is going to laugh when she hears this episode because she's going to be like, Jamie, your knives suck. Every time they come to our house, they're like, (laughs) sharpen your knives. So if there's anything, like obviously, actually, you know, we just went to Walmart and ended up getting a lot of kitchen stuff for our cottage. And I was like, wow, like you don't have to go spend a lot of money. There's some really good, good, cheap stuff out there. Now, what would you say is something to invest in? Like, you know, like in your wardrobe, it's like, you know, a good pair of jeans and blazer or whatever. What is the, is it the knives? It's the knife. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And I need them. And they're, they're expensive, but I think honestly, if you were to invest in one good thing in your kitchen, just one, just a, a knife and a, maybe a good pot, but a, a knife is the, like a good chef's knife. I hundred mm-hmm. percent one hands down. I grew up okay. with like dull Wiltshire knives that and my grandma's like, they were like, just, I don't know. And nobody cared yeah. about knives, I guess. I don't know. And no, I just, I hear you. Sorry. Yeah. That's, they're a bit of an investment, but that you'll have them forever. So. Okay. Yeah. But you have to sharpen them. Don't put them in a dishwasher. You have to treat them oh, with yeah. love. All the things. You do. Yeah. Yeah. You have to hand yeah. wash them. Don't let them touch other metal. Yeah. Charles, my husband is a bit of a, he's like really finicky about our knives. I don't like sharpening knives. It's just really, I'm clumsy enough. I feel like it's just not yeah. a good situation. So like, you can yeah. take, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, a knife. Okay. I'm on it. I'm on it. You know what? I, I will, I'll, I'll shoot you a message and show you. You'll be proud. I'm going to, I'm going to invest in some knives. I love it. Now, I love it. So a couple of years back, you, and, and this is the time that I actually was really like, I'm, I, I'm connecting with Tori here. Like, I really like, you know, when you watch someone's Insta story and you're like, okay, yeah, like this is like real, you were sitting in your car and you were talking about how you and your husband were going to go to therapy. And mm-hmm. you were just saying, you know, things are a little tough right now. And we've decided to go to therapy and we're working on our marriage. And you were just so open about it. And it, it kind of surprised me to be quite honest. I was like, oh, I, I didn't see that coming in the story. Why did you think that it was so important to share that? Because, well, obviously marriage is hard and we all know that behind the scenes, but I feel like we still don't talk about how challenging it can be sometimes. Yeah, so true. It's so true. Well, you know, what's interesting is that day. So we were sitting there. It was just after we had got, like walked out of uh, a marriage counseling session. And ironically, someone had messaged me, DM me saying, your life is so perfect, blah, 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 something like that. I was like, Oh, 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 oh stop the press. I was like, Oh <laughs> shit. And like, we gotta, we gotta clear some things up here. Hey, no one's life is perfect. And hi, I'm in a parking lot and we just went to marriage counseling. So I thought, you know what, this is a great time. Like every time I get something like that, I'm like, Oh, my, my knee jerk reaction is like, I'm so sorry. I gave you that impression. Like my life, no one's life is perfect. So please like pretty, please drop that like the comparison is the thief of joy and like, and, and you don't see someone's full life on Instagram. I, I, I think it's very rare that you would see for very logical reasons as well. But anyway, well, you're so, not going to be in a blowout with your partner and be like, turn on your Instagram stories, right? Well, like you're not, there's, yeah, there's things that are private in this life too. Yeah. Like, I think it's this careful balance of like showing your vulnerability and showing 
but, and I'm, I'm an open book. I'll talk about anything in my life. Um, but I, I don't always like drag people right through the weeds of it because a, mm-hmm. because it feels a little bit unnecessary, messy. And like, nobody kind of, I don't feel like people really want to see someone like literally having a full on breakdown. I've seen it happen on Instagram. I'm just like, Oh, like that was a moment that you just, you know, like those happen. I have those, but like, maybe you keep that to yourself. But I, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like, but that's my own personal thing, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's, it's, it's really is appropriate to share the, the fact that, that these things happen. So for, for me personally, I feel like each to his own and I'm really, I'm really happy that people want to share more if they do. For me personally, I, I do have like, we have, we have tough conversations. We have difficult times in our marriage, but I just, like you said, when I'm going through that time, I don't turn on my, my camera. That feels like a time for me to turn inwards and to work through Mm -hmm. it. But at that time, uh, Charles and I, we've, and so we, like most couples, I'd say, uh, have gone through tough times and having kids puts a major stress on your relationship, money problems, puts stresses on your relationships, you know, work and like busy schedules does that too. And like, obviously without all the stress going on in the world right now with like, with COVID. So, um, I don't know, it inspired me to probably open up about it again, but yeah, we were going through a tough time. And my mom always, we, when we grew up, when we went through a tough time, we're like, okay, let's pack up our bags. We're going to counseling. And like away we would go. And even if the counselor kind of sucked, it still helped us open up and talk about things so that we're not bottling things up and needing like major therapy down the road. Yeah. I love therapy. I, I, I talk about it openly on my platform. Like I love going to therapy. I love working through like stuff from your childhood, things you're going through now, just having that outside perspective for someone to even say, Hey, have you looked at it this way? Or do you think you're doing this because this is what you need, right? Just that, that safe place to go and just lay it all out. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. I, I love therapy. I think that every, I really wish we could lose the stigma and I think it's getting better, but I think all couples should go to therapy. In fact, I was saying to Darren, he's like, let's go to therapy. I would love, he's like, well, what's wrong? I said, nothing's wrong, but how good could things be? Yeah. He's like, well, you don't think they're good? No, I think they're good. But like, how good could, like, we could just go talk about our feelings. And so anyway, he was like, yeah, I'd be open to it. It's, it's, it's good. But I love what you're saying there about, you know, when you have a platform and when you're sharing your life online, there becomes this fine balance between sharing it all and feeling like you need to document your day to day. And at the end of the day, it is also a business, but when your business is your personal life and it's a personal brand, it becomes this, like, it's really muddy, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to find those boundaries. And that's what I feel like people do need to understand when they're following people online and have this expectation on what they say when they show up, because we're just, trying to live and be present in the moment and process our moments. And then there's almost that pressure to share the moment too. Well, you kind of sometimes miss the moment when you're sharing it as well. You know, you're not really mm-hmm. present. You're trying to think about, you know, sharing it with the world to be quite frank. So there's, there's that mm-hmm. balance as well. And, you know, as a, as a mom, like it's, you know, you, you want to have, I've realized I, I don't take that many videos cause I'm, I'm always videoing, but they're in 15 second increments. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's like, Oh gee, is that, is that how I want to capture things too? So I don't know there, it is a fine balance. I, I love, I'm, I'm very, I feel very blessed that I get to do what I do for work and that I feel blessed or honored that even one person would follow me. So mm-hmm. I'm really, I, you know, I take that seriously. And I, I feel very grateful. I, there is a fine balance. And I think that you do have to like, it becomes a bit addictive, you know, the whole, like mm-hmm. the, 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 the whole social media thing. And you, you do have to check yourself in, 
a lot. And yeah, I think it's, you know, I just wish that I wish there was less judgment. Seems to be a lot mm-hmm. is a lot of heaviness, a lot of judgment, the heaviness for good reasons, because there's heavy things going on in the world, but very quick to judge. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to see a ton of it on my platform. I won't, won't lie, but I just see it everywhere. And I just, I think we just have to give all of ourselves, everyone, some grace, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people right now feel like they don't know if they can say anything and they don't know what to say or how to say it or how to process it. And if they don't say anything at all, then they're not participating. It's just, it's, it's a difficult time to know kind of how to navigate that online platform because people are so quick to judge and, you know, sending messages. And I, I don't get a lot of it on my platform either, but you do see it and you're just like, whoa, you know, that person is a person. Like they just mm-hmm. read that message, right? Like they just got that email and they're just a human being with emotions and everyone's just like going through their journey and figuring things out. And it can be, it's just a slippery slope for sure. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So you have two boys and I would love to dive into your parenting values around raising boys, especially in our world right now. And, you know, the home that you have, you obviously really love the vibe of the home and creating those, those traditions and, you know, the wholesome meals and family time and all of that. But when it comes down to, you know, raising these boys, like what, what are your core parenting values? Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, have two boys. Uh, Charlie's almost nine and Max is almost five. And, you know, I, I mean, I think they're very different kids. First of all, they're, they're just, they couldn't be more different, which I, I mean, I love They're it's, it is such an entertaining experience, <laughs> but I think you know, my, my first and foremost is kindness and compassion because I feel like that's the, what the world needs more of. And I love instilling that in them and, you know, showing them hopefully and, and letting, giving them experiences that show the value of kindness and compassion, whether it's, you know, bringing an elderly person, some flowers, holding a door open, you know, uh, reciprocating, you know, uh, so I guess it would be like politeness as well. But like, you know, if someone asks you how you are, it's like, and how are they, you know what I mean? Like just giving them those Mm -hmm. social skills. But yeah, I just really feel like the world, when I, when I zoom out, the world just needs more love. The world needs, needs, needs more of that empathetic kind of vibe. So I do think that that's important to both Charles and I, and I, you know, I think just giving them the space to be them, their own little selves, you know, it's, it's interesting because you go into parenting with expectations and, mm-hmm. and they're all blown out the water when you have kids, you're like, you know, I used to think that you have this baby and then you like kind of mold it into, you know, the person that you think this is when I was a lot younger that, that they're going to be. And then they create, that's like, oh, hell no. Like you have a kid, they're like, they're born the way they're born and you can help, you know, guide them. But Ultimately, I just want to be that person that allows them to grow into who they want to grow into and giving them that space to like and be curious and to follow their own true passions and not to try to people please anyone else or myself. So I don't want mm-hmm. them to be doing something because it makes me happy, which Max won't care, but Charlie will, you know, so <laughs> Max is like, yeah, that's great. Good for you, mom. I'm doing what I want. Um, I can see that already. But yeah, I just think there's so much pressure these days. Uh, talking about that whole comparison game to, to have your kid in like 15 different sports and, and if they're not like fluent in three languages and, you know, and, and, and sailing and racing downhill skiing competitively by the age of five, that maybe you're failing as a parent. And it's just, I'm, I've tried so hard to like, just to reprogram my brain. It's like, 
you know, we don't have to always, first of all, be that busy. And I think that 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 whole idea of giving them space to be quote unquote bored, to let them just like kind of like play and explore and like make make up stuff is really important. So but I'm I'm kind of like I'm I'm such a go getter myself that I find myself really falling prey a lot of times to be like, no, we're like, we've got to get them. Okay. We're like, we've got to get them in this and this and I, you know, maybe, okay. So Charlie's really good at math and maybe I should put him in something advanced. And Charles is like, slow down. Like, he's like, just like stop the press. Like he's like, just like, no, like they're fine. They're okay. You know, like let's just go camping and yeah. <laughs> pack our schedule. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. they're going to be fine. And that was a huge lesson for me during COVID because we have the four kids, right? And we would have, you know, competitive hockey. So there were times when we would have 13 ice times in a week. It was insane because there's like three kids in hockey and it's getting better now because the older two have their licenses. So they're kind of like kind of doing their own thing, which is crazy, but also takes a bit of the, the taxi duty off. But when COVID hit, I was like, we, it's like, we haven't just had nights where we're not going anywhere, where we're not doing anything. And when we have time to just have those family meals. And I do think that's been a huge, you know, plus side of COVID is everyone's realizing like, whoa, we were all like going so fast and we're so busy doing all the things. Like it's good to just dial it back a little bit. So I love that you're saying that. I, I'm, I'm going to like record that part because sometimes I can get caught up and I'm like, oh, we need to get, we need to get her in this. We need to get her in that. So yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Charles grew up with like very little money. They grew up, their parents came from Hungary and really came over with, with nothing like the shirts on their backs kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and so his perspective is just very different for him. It was just, you know, as long as they had good food on the table and his parents had some homemade wine in their cup they, and like some mm-hmm. music playing, they were just happy. So his frame of reference is very like, I had a good childhood and I had like I got, I had very little, you know, material things and experiences and he's still a, a very well-rounded person and very happy. Yeah. So it's interesting how people can be married and they have two different childhoods and different experiences and value different things as parents. Cause Darren and I are the same. There's things that he had that I didn't and vice versa. And his, his parents were really um, involved in a lot of things. And, and my dad was kind of like, you got it, kid, like off you go. And yeah. just those different, how it comes into the way that you parent your kids, right? And the way you're like, no, this is important because this taught me this. And then they're like, well, no, actually I learned that too. Like, like it, there is really, is no one right way to parent. And I think that's where we all get caught up too, thinking, oh, it needs to be done this way. This is what a good mom does. And it's like, the kids are going to have natural consequences. They're going to follow their own heart. They're going to like figure out their stuff. Like I think a lot of parents, we all just need to chill. I agree. And I have mom guilt all the time for working. I feel like, I think I'm like, Oh man, like my mom's like, you work so hard. You're, you're going to look back and regret this time. And I'm like, Oh God, she's right. Like, you know, and then, but then it's like, well, I love what I'm doing. It's like, and I, I, I it's just such a balance of like trying and like, and they're, they're going to be fine. They're in like, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're with their friends or they're with, or they're in activities or they're like, it's not like they're traumatized by the fact that I'm not with them 24 seven. You know what I mean? And I kind of, I do love that I'm showing them, like I have my own stuff going on and I want you one day to have, you know, like it's, it's important to like, to, to have those roles for me at least where I'm like, I'm a mom, but I'm also like, I'm also, you know, passionate about solving these problems for people. And, and doing this, my own thing. And, and so 
uh, outside of being a mom. So I just, yeah, it, it, it is interesting, but yeah, it is. I'm always, t- I'm, I'm having to talk myself off that mom guilt ledge, like a lot. Um, and I, I, I'm sure I'm not, I know I'm not the only one. It's just, it's, it's yeah. like that, like that conundrum of being a working mom. Yeah, I have that too. I think every, I think every mom has it. And I do think it's also in like the entrepreneurial space too. When you do, you could work all day and all night. I'm sure you could, oh, right? Yes. Sometimes I do. <laughs> no, Sometimes just, I do too. I love what I do though. Like, you know, even last weekend, and I, I was saying this before I had a, uh, I was like, I'm going to take the weekend off. I'm going to unplug. I'm not going to do anything. And then it's Saturday morning and Darren comes down. I end up getting up at like six o'clock in the morning. He's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm just revamping my website. He's like, what? Like you were <laughs> going to take the weekend off. I'm like, well, this isn't working. Like this is actually, I love doing this. Like this is yeah. me kind of like puttering around on a Saturday morning. He's like, oh my gosh. But I think it's important for our kids to see you create something out of nothing and how hard you work and how passionate you are. And like, I think that's good for them. Even though we feel that guilt, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to see what you can create out of nothing. And that that's huge. And I think that's kind of the way the world's going, right? Like there's a lot of, a lot more entrepreneurs and there's so many endless opportunities. Like you want to make a job out of something, you can make a job out of something. Like you just Google it. <laughs> like it's there. No, true. And I, I was always programmed, self-programmed, I think, because I was the only one in my family that went to university, but, but that you had like that in my brain, I was like, you have to go to university to be successful. And I, I, I now don't believe that that's the case. I think if someone, if, if my kids want to go to university, I'll obviously support that. But if they choose a different path, I'll support that too. Because I think mm-hmm. there's the, the, the world is a different place now. I, I do mm-hmm. agree with you. 100%. So Troy, what's next for you? What do you, what do you got going on right now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's same thing. Like I love what I just wish that I wish I didn't need to sleep or that there were more hours in a day like everyone else, but I I'm, I'm so lucky I, I get to do a second cookbook. So we have a first cookbook that my cousin Jolene and I did fresh food, full hearts. And we got approached by our publisher to do a second one more everyday kind of cooking, which is uh, my jam as well. The first one is more celebrations. So we are working on that. We are kind of almost halfway through recipe developing and photographing that, which is exciting. So we just did that so earlier good. this week. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. I just like, I look at that. I'm like, man, I, I go through chapters. I'm like, I have a cookbook. It's so cool. What a, what a, you have two cookbooks. I, I will have to. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. I, in such a good way. So I, I never yeah. as a little girl would have dreamed that I, I would get to have a cookbook and see that on the shelf. So that's, that's what one thing that we're working on. And we are um, for the past year have been working on these meal plans and they seem so intuitive, but Oh my gosh, it's like, it's so, it is so difficult. And I, I, I like, just because the way we construct them and how streamlined they are so that you buy groceries and they're all like, everything has a place, everything has a home. So hopefully at the end of the week, you have very little to no waste that it's like you're repurposing ingredients, you're you know, hopefully saving on groceries, you know, saving the environment a little bit, you're cooking at home and, and which I think is really important. So it's almost mm-hmm. like that go between, between like a, a meal kit and like figuring it out on your own kind of thing. So it's that middle ground, but we're, so we're, the way you saw the meal plan was like a, a downloadable kind of ebook kind of PDF, but 
but we are this month uh, officially going to be launching a subscription model oh where it was, it's, it's kind of the same thing, but way better with interactive grocery lists, with a big recipe bank, with all the nutrition information. So you can draw from different recipes. You can switch out your week if you want, but it, you're, it gives you your grocery list all and your prep all planned so out good. for you. And so it's for the full year. So you literally, you could have your life of recipes just basically planned out for you. Oh my gosh. So good. I love it so much. And coming from someone, you know, if if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know, like a meal plan, like I'm not really that big in the kitchen. I don't, I don't do a lot of cooking. Like I, I'm the one who's like, okay, I guess it's Boston pizza, right? Like we're just like, there's too many hockey practices tonight or whatever. So I'm always the one to default to eating out. And it was interesting last week, Darren's like, do you want to eat? I'm like, no, I have this deconstructed lasagna that I want to make. He's like, who are you? Right. Um, And that's from the meal plan. So I have to say, just as someone who is not, you know, really savvy in the kitchen, if you will, guys, honestly, this meal plan, it's, it's so good. And I'm pumped for this because I love the idea of just having it all in one digital space. So congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Really excited about it. Like really excited about it. Mm -hmm. No, you should be. It's going to be awesome. So where can everyone find you? Yeah. So we're at, well, on Instagram at fresh living, but spelt the French way just to complicate life a little bit. So F R A I C H E living. And we have a new Instagram handle for fresh table, which is our new meal plan. So that is at fresh table spelt the same way with fresh. And then for our blog, we are freshliving.com and the soon to be meal plan is freshtable.com. So good. So simple. Love it. Thank you so much, Tori. You are truly a treat. Um, I totally appreciate your time. I know that everyone is going to love this conversation. Oh, thank you for having me, Jamie. It means a lot to me. Great to chat with you. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope that this episode was just as helpful for you as it was for me. Personally, I am off to invest in some new knives that I will not be putting in the dishwasher. But before I go, as promised, we have a giveaway. Tori has graciously offered to give a year subscription to her meal plan, Fresh Table. So if you are interested in winning a year subscription to her meal plan, you can head to at Jamie Scrimger on Instagram for all of the details. The giveaway closes May 2nd, 2021. So don't wait around. And be sure to follow Tori at Fresh Nutrition. Let us know what you thought of this episode. And if you are looking for more details about the meal plan, head to www.freshtable.com. Like I said, this is a phenomenal resource for you. I cannot wait for you to check it out. All right, guys, that's it for this one. I will uh, chat with you later. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast, give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.